Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Hi there, I'm back. It's Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. And no guest today, just you and me. So all that radio close. And get yourself something nice to drink, hot chocolate, tea, coffee, um, something nice to munch on, chocolate, biscuits, whatever your guilty pleasure is. And we're going to chat about popular bestsellers at the moment. It's been a while now since our bookshops thankfully opened up. And I know that for a lot of people, um, not being able to wander around a bookshop was something that was dearly missed for me especially, although I do read a lot on an e-reader um, on my Kindle. There is nothing like holding a book in your hand and there's nothing like walking around a bookshop and and picking up books and, you know, just just browsing in a bookshop. So now that the bookshops have opened up and we are getting – a lot of new stock of books. Um, thankfully, imports, I don't know where it's coming from, but I don't care. We are getting new stock, new um, new books, new bestsellers. It's all coming in. The shops are well stocked. So we're going to be chatting about the books that are causing um, the most buzz, things that are the people are talking about, the bestsellers, and I'd love to know what you're enjoying and you can always email me, books at chai.co.za. I'd love to hear what you're reading. And you can comment on the Facebook page, which you'll find at People of the Book on 101.9 Chai FM. You can just do a Facebook search for it. And, yes, we're going to be chatting today about the books that are top of the bestseller list, books that are doing well, books that people are chatting about and we're going to get straight into that after the break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. And I am back. And as I said, today we're going to be chatting about the books that are bestsellers on our actual bookstore shelves. And as I said, we're all really pleased that our bookshops have opened up and they are getting lots of new stock in all the bestsellers, and we're going to be talking about the books that people are enjoying, books that are top of the bestseller lists, and books that I'm seeing are causing a lot of hype and a lot of chat on social media, books that people are enjoying. So um, hopefully there'll be something that um, catches your ear. Um, I've got fiction. I've got um, a bit of nonfiction, a couple of local nonfiction books. I've got a couple of kids' books that caught my eye that looked a lot of fun. I have got an inspirational book. I've got a kids, couple of kids books. I've got, um, a couple of recipe books, a few recipe books, cookbooks. That's always popular. And I know people are cooking up a storm at the moment. And I see uh, a lot of people seem to be going back to what we were doing at the beginning of, of lockdown. I say we, um, it wasn't me. I wasn't doing it at all. I'm still not doing it. Um, baking, baking bread in, in particular. And yes, I've got a few recipe books and cookbooks as well that are popular at the moment and 
I'll be chatting about those a bit later on. Let's start with the fiction, the popular fiction. And I'll start first with two historical novels. Uh, the first one is The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. It's the third in the Thomas Cromwell trilogy. And I know this has, people have been waiting for this for quite a while. Um, I must be honest, she's not my cup of tea. Uh, her writing style just doesn't appeal to me. I did try and read Wolf Hall, which was the first in the trilogy when it first came out. And I just could not get into it at all. But I know she is extremely popular. And I know that people have really been waiting for this one. So um, this is the blurb for it. I'll tell you what it's about. Um, if you cannot speak truth at a beheading, when can you speak it? I have to admit that line does appeal to my dark kind of humor. England, May 1536. Anne Boleyn is dead. Decapitated in the space of a heartbeat by a hired French executioner. As her remains are bundled into oblivion, Thomas Cromwell breakfasts with the victors. The blacksmith's son from Putney emerges from the spring's bloodbath to continue his climb to power and wealth, while his formidable master, Henry VIII, settles to short-lived happiness with his third queen before Jane dies, giving birth to the male heir he most craves. Cromwell is a man with only his wits to rely on. He has no great family to back him and no private army. Despite rebellion at home, traitors plotting abroad and the threat of invasion, testing Henry's regime to the breaking point, Cromwell's robust imagination sees a new country in the mirror of the future. But can a nation or a person shed the past like a skin? Do the dead continually unbury themselves? What will you do, the Spanish ambassador asks Cromwell, when the king turns on you, as sooner or later he turns on everyone close to him? With the mirror and the light, Hilary Mantel brings to a triumphant close the trilogy she began with Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies. She traces the final years of Thomas Cromwell, the boy from nowhere who climbs to the heights of power, offering a defining portrait of predator and prey of a ferocious contest between present and past, between royal will and a common man's vision of a modern nation making itself through conflict, passion and courage. And as I said, I know that fans of Hilary Mantel and of this trilogy and of this series have really been waiting for this one. And it sounds like it's quite a powerful read. And I hope it lives up to expectations. That's The Mirror and the Light. And it's the, the final episode in the Thomas Cromwell trilogy. The next one, as I said, also a historical novel. And it's it's really receiving a lot of accolades and it's extremely popular, is Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. And um, apparently she's had a long-term fascination with the little-known story behind Shakespeare's most enigmatic play, um, Hamlet. And Hamnet is a luminous portrait of a marriage and at its heart the loss of a beloved child. So um, what it's about is it starts off, it's based in Warwickshire in the 1580s, and Agnes is a woman as feared as she is sought after for her unusual gifts. She settles with her husband in Henley Street, Stratford, and has three children, 
a daughter, Susanna, and then twins, Hamnet and Judith. The boy, Hamnet, dies in 1596 at the age of 11. And four years or so later, her husband writes a play called Hamlet. Award-winning author Maggie O'Farrell's new novel breathes full-blooded life into the story of a loss usually consigned to literary footnotes and provides an unforgettable vindication of Agnes, a woman intriguingly absent from history. As I said, I know this has received a lot of praise and it's it's become extremely popular. It's on the bestseller lists globally and I'm, I'm just seeing this everywhere. It has a beautiful eye-catching cover and I'm sure those of you who browse bookshops and who look at book sites online have, have seen it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's got that beautiful H on the cover with um, decorated in, in flowers and it's, it's very eye-catching and, as I said, receiving accolades and praise from anyone who's read it. Let's move on. So the next one is from really extremely popular author, needs no introduction, Leslie Pierce. When everything she touches, touches seems to turn to gold. She started off many, many years ago with writing books. She, she writes in a particular genre about, um, about women who come from the wrong side of the tracks, who are trying to, to better themselves, trying to find a better life. She does have a particular um, way of writing. Her books are highly readable, easy to read, and I know she's visited South Africa um, a couple of times. And I'm sure some of some of you, I'm sure you may even have met her, gone to some events where she has has spoken, and, and events where book signings, you know, where she has has appeared. She she loves meeting her readers, and as I say, has been to South Africa and has um, appeared often. You know, she is very popular. So her latest book, and I'm sure her her readers will be thrilled to hear that there's a new book out by her, and it's called Liar. Amelia White dreamed of being a reporter, but the closest she'd come was selling advertising in the local paper. Until the fateful day, she stumbles on a truly shocking scoop a murder victim round the corner from her home. When the police and reporters descend, Amelia is horrified at the assumptions made and lies soon to be spread about this poor young woman. Convincing her local paper to let her take up the story herself, Amelia is determined to protect the victim from these smears. But when another body is found, the police investigation stalls. Now, Amelia's own unfolding investigation may be the only chance of uncovering the truth and stopping more killings, if only she can work out who the liar is. And I'm sure that, as with her previous books, this will prove to be as much of a bestseller and as popular as they have been, and will continue with um, other best-selling fiction books after this break. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. And that's actually quite exciting because I'm sure we've all watched that neighborhood complex being built. We've all watched those roads being developed. And um, I'm quite excited to go and check out what's going on there. I know there's lots happening there and I haven't been to look. I think it opened up yesterday. 
and uh, it's quite exciting. So, yeah, because uh, it's all happened kind of away from the road. We haven't really seen it, and, yeah, quite exciting to see that it's actually opened up and is all happening. So, as I said, today we are chatting about best-selling books. Now that our bookshops have opened up, they are fully stocked, beautifully stocked, lots of books on the shelves, and I'm chatting about the books that are proving to be very popular, books that are bestsellers, books that I'm seeing people talking about all the time online, it's social media, and I'd like to hear what you're reading. You can always drop me a line. Um, you can drop me an email, books at chai.co.za, or you can comment on my Facebook page, uh, People of the Book on 101.9 Chai FM, just do a search for it on Facebook. And all the books that I'm chatting about today, I'll put pictures of the covers on the Facebook page so that you will know what to look for when you go on a nice wander around your closest bookshop. There is just nothing better. I love doing that. I can spend ages just wandering and getting lost in a bookstore. So at the moment we're chatting about um, popular fiction. This one is... I know causing a bit of a stir. A lot of people are chatting about it and I'm not sure if it's a book that's enjoyed, but people are saying it's outstanding. I haven't read it myself yet. It's My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Um, I think it's started off from the Me Too revolution and, um, I know it's causing a lot of, a, a lot of, um, talk. Exploring the psychological dynamics of the relationships of the relationship between a precocious yet naive teenage girl and her magnetic and manipulative teacher, a brilliant, all-consuming read that marks the explosive debut of an extraordinary new writer. The year 2000, bright, ambitious, and yearning for adulthood, 15-year-old Vanessa Y becomes entangled in an affair with Jacob Strain, her magnetic and gullful 42-year-old English teacher. In 2017, amid the rising wave of allegations against powerful men, a reckoning is coming due. Strain has been accused of sexual abuse by a former student who reaches out to Vanessa, and now Vanessa suddenly finds herself facing an impossible choice. Remain silent, firm in the belief that her teenage self willingly engaged in this relationship or redefine herself and the events of her past. But how can Vanessa reject her first love, the man who fundamentally transformed her and has been a persistent presence in her life? Is it possible that the man she loved as a teenager and who professed to worship only her may be far different from what she has always believed. Alternating between Vanessa's present and her past, My Dark Vanessa juxtaposes memory and trauma with the breathless excitement of a teenage girl discovering the power her own body can wield. Thought-provoking and impossible to put down, this is a masterful portrayal of troubled adolescence and its repercussions that raises vital questions about agency, consent, complicity, and victimhood. Written with the haunting intimacy of the girls and the creeping intensity of Room, My Dark Vanessa is an era-defining novel 
that brilliantly captures and reflects the shifting cultural mores transforming our relationships and society itself. It sounds like quite a heavy read, but as it says here, it's a page turner. Um, probably not a, an easy read, I would imagine, but um, I know it, everyone, I haven't really heard many negative comments about it. People have said it's the most outstanding book. Um, as I said, I haven't read it myself. I can't recommend it myself, but I'm going on hearsay. Next one also receiving huge praise and um, I'm sure I've, I think it's, it's heading for a lot of awards. This one is the girl with the louding voice by Abby. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce her surname. I think it possibly is Daray, a powerful emotional debut novel told in the unforgettable voice of a young Nigerian woman who is trapped in a life of servitude but determined to fight for her dreams and choose her own future. Adani is a 14-year-old Nigerian girl who knows what she wants, an education. This, her mother has told her, is the only way to get a louding voice, the ability to speak for herself and decide her own future. But instead, Adani's father sells her to be the third wife of a local man who is eager for her to bear him a son and heir. When Adani runs away to the city, hoping to make a better life, she finds that the only other option before her is servitude to a wealthy family. As a yielding daughter, a subservient wife, and a powerless slave, Adani is told by words and deeds that she is nothing. But while misfortune might muffle her voice for a time, they cannot mute it. And when she realizes that she must stand up, not only for herself, but for other girls, for the ones who came before her and were lost, and for the next girls who will inevitably follow, she finds the resolve to speak however she can, in a whisper, in song, in broken English, until she is heard. This one sounds absolutely fabulous. And I know some people find it difficult to read books like this. And I think that, that these are the books that need to be read and spoken about. They're conversation starters. And I know that a lot of people are talking about this book. And I think this is one that is, is a very necessary read. And as much as we think we have progressed, um, a lot of places have not. And I think we need to look at ourselves, look around us. And look at what's going on and have these conversations. They are vital. And that's The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Daray. Next one is by an extremely popular author, another one who needs absolutely no introduction. And people will be thrilled at this one as well. It's a new John Grisham. And it's Camino Winds. Is a perfect storm the perfect time for a murder? When Hurricane Leo threatens Florida's Camino Island, the governor is quick to issue an evacuation order. Most residents flee, but a small group of diehards decide to ride it out. Amongst them is Bruce Cable, proprietor 
of Bay Books in downtown Santa Rosa. The hurricane is devastating. Homes and condos are leveled. Hotels and storefronts ruined. Streets flooded and a dozen people are killed. One of the victims is Nelson Kerr, a friend of Bruce's who wrote timely political thrillers. But evidence suggests that the storm wasn't the cause of Nelson's death. He had received several mysterious blows to the head. Who would want Nelson dead? The local police are overwhelmed with the aftermath of the storm and in no condition to handle the case. Bruce begins to wonder if the shady characters in Nelson's novel were more fact than fiction. And somewhere on Nelson's computer is the manuscript for his new novel. Could the key to the case be right there in black and white? Bruce starts to look into it, and what he finds between the lines is more shocking than any of Nelson's plot twists, and far more dangerous. Gripping, compelling, and pacey, this exceptional new thriller from international bestseller John Grisham is the perfect escapist read. And I have to say, I haven't read a Grisham book for a long time. This one sounds fantastic. And I think I'm definitely on the hunt for this one. Um, I absolutely loved his earlier books uh, when I was much, much younger. And I know that the, the movies were also great to watch. And he's remained popular and I think with the Daha fans, he will always be popular. His books are, he, he, he's consistent and his books are great to read. He just, he, he sticks to the formula and it works. And another one who sticks to the formula that works and is equally popular and will cause as much excitement as John Grisham is David Baldacci. And his book is Walk the Wire, and it's his sixth Amos Decker book. Um, I must be honest, uh, don't shoot me down here. I don't read David Baldacci. And I know that people are generally horrified when I say that. I think I may have read maybe one many, many years ago. And since then, nothing. I haven't followed. I know he, he writes series. I don't follow them. If you enjoy them, great. If not, there's just so many books out there and so little time. And this is just one that I, it's just passed me by. Um, as I said, today we are chatting about bestsellers that have found their way onto our bookshop shelves. And I'd love to hear what you're reading. I love to, I'd love to hear what you have found in the bookshops now that they've opened up. And I'd love to hear from you. You can drop me an email, um, books at chai.co.za, or you can look us up on Facebook. Um, look me up. My Facebook page is People of the Book on 101.9 Chai FM. You can just do a search for it on Facebook. And all the books that I'm chatting about today will go up on the Facebook page just so that you know what covers to look out for. So, as I said, David Baldacci, Walk the Wire, it's the sixth Amos Decker book. And obviously, for those of you who follow him and who have been following the series, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amos Decker, the FBI consultant with a perfect memory, returns to solve a gruesome murder 
in a booming North Dakota oil town in the newest thriller in David Baldacci's number one New York Times best-selling Memory Man series. When Amos Decker and his FBI colleague Alex Jamison are called to London, North Dakota, they instantly sense that the thriving fracking town is ripe for trouble. The promise of a second gold rush has attracted an onslaught of newcomers, all hoping for a windfall, and the community is growing faster than houses can be built. The second boom has also brought a slew of problems with it, including drugs, property crimes, prostitution, and now murder. Decker and Jamison are ordered to investigate the death of a young woman named Irene Kramer, whose body was expertly autopsied and then dumped in the open, which is only the beginning of the oddities surrounding the case. As Decker and Jamison dig into Irene's life, they are shocked to discover that the woman who walked the streets by night as a prostitute was a teacher for a local religious sect by day, a sect operating on land once owned by a mysterious government facility that looms over the entire community. London is a town replete with ruthless business owners, shady government officials and religious outsiders, all determined to keep their secrets from coming out. When other murders occur, Decker will need all of his extraordinary memory and detective skills and the assistance of a surprising ally to root out a killer and the forces behind Kramer's death before the boom town explodes. Let's Walk the Wire, the sixth Amos Decker book by David Baldacci. So for all you fans out there, go and grab it. I'm sure you've been looking forward to it as fans of a series or a particular author do. And that's it for the fiction. I've got a couple of local non-fiction books that are really causing a buzz. I'm seeing them everywhere. Not only in the bookshops where there are huge displays of these, but everyone is talking about them. And the first one is The Upside of Down by Bruce Whitfield. Um, huge half about this one. The Upside of Down, How Chaos and Uncertainty Breed Opportunity in South Africa. Next time you go to a conference or hire a consultant to be told, we live in a VUCA, that's V-U-C-A, and that stands for Volatile, Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, Ambiguous World. Leave the room. You are wasting your time. In a world of fake news, deep fakes, manipulated feeds of information and divisive social media agendas, it's easy to believe that our time is the most challenging in human history. It's just not true. It is a time of extraordinary opportunity, but only if you have the right mindset. Fear of the future breeds inaction and leads to strategic paralysis. We put off decisions until we can have certainty. We look for signals. We wait. And while we do that, the world moves on around us. Problem solvers thrive in chaotic and uncertain times because they act to change their future. Winners recognize that in a world of growing uncertainty, 
you need to resort to actions on things you can control. And the only things over which you have absolute control are your attitude and your mindset. These in turn determine the actions you will take and that will define your future. A robust mindset is the one common characteristic Bruce Whitfield has identified in two decades of interrogating how South Africa's billionaires and startup mavericks think differently. They are not naive Pollyannas. They don't ignore risk or hope the problems will go away. They constantly measure, manage, consider, and weigh up opportunities in a tumultuous sea of uncertainty and find ways around obstacles. If, as Nobel Prize-winning economist Robert Schiller suggests, the stories we tell affect economic outcomes, then we need to tell different stories amidst the noise and haste of a rapidly evolving world. And apparently this is an absolutely brilliant read, not just from a business point of view, but from an entire emotional perspective, the way you see things, the way you perceive life, everything. Apparently it is just so worth reading and it will just change your mindset and the way you see anything and everything. And especially in the, the times that we're living in now, this just shifts a mindset and He's just got it spot on, I'm told. As as I said, I haven't read this one, but everywhere you go, you're going to see this book. And everyone is talking about Bruce Whitfield. After the break, I'm going to briefly talk about the other South African nonfiction book that is causing huge waves after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. We are back and I hope you have been settled and comfortable and enjoying your hot drink, comfort food, while we've been chatting about the books that have made the bestseller lists and that have been hitting our bookshelves in our stores that have been open. I hope you've managed to um, have a chance to browse, even if it's online, to see what's in the bookshop. I know that, that um, many people are not going out still. And I know that we are missing browsing the bookshops and we missed it while they were closed. I know that some people have been going out and, and having a look and going and buying books. I'd love to hear what you have bought, what you're reading. You can email me books at chai.co.za or you can drop me a line on the Facebook page. Um, look me up on Facebook. You'll find me at People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. Um, if you don't find it, just do a search. It should pop up. And all the books that I'm chatting about today, I'll put pictures of the covers on Facebook so that you'll know what to look for and you'll recognize them quickly when you do look online or look in the bookshops. And there should be something for everyone. There's lots of fiction bestsellers. There's Non-fiction, well, a couple of local non-fiction, a couple of things for kids, um, an inspirational book that's coming up. And there is also a few recipe books, as I know that a lot of people have gone back to what we originally did in lockdown, which was cooking, baking. And funny thing, my husband actually said to me, 
He found that since the beginning of lockdown, I know that was a long time ago, we may have forgotten the beginning of lockdown. It seems like we always were doing this. He says the food's been tasting much better. And I kind of explained to him, yes, because I have more time to actually focus on the cooking. And I don't know about any of you. I don't know about you, but um, do you find that? Are you focusing more on what you make? Are you spending more time on what you make and what you cook? Are you looking for more recipes? Are you not just cooking the same things like you used to do? Because I'm definitely more focused on what I'm cooking. And he tells me that it's just the, the food tastes better. And and I, I've explained to him, yes, because I'm not running around doing 40 lifts in an afternoon and extramurals and getting home five minutes before we were supposed to eat supper and supper hasn't even been cooked. I have the time to focus and the, the food has the time to develop. So let me know whether that's something that um, that that you found as well, that you're opening up those recipe books that have sat um, dusty on your shelf all the time because I know that I love recipe books. I love cookbooks. They just – there's something about them and I love them and I accumulate them and then my family tell me they look lovely but you never actually open them, which was true, but now I do. And um, I always get told, well, yes, you, you do like to watch those food programs on TV, but you never make any of that stuff. And that might be true, but I'm definitely opening up my recipe books a lot more than I used to. And I'm scouring those those books and those pages to see how we can enhance the food and, and the recipes and the, the, the cooking that I do now. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if, if that's changed and and if you've done any of that differently. Back to the books. And the other local nonfiction book that is really causing a stir, it's come out very recently I'm sure you've seen it. It's got a very distinctive cover of a school blazer, school tie. It's Brutal School Ties, The Parktown Boys Tragedy. And it's been written by Sam Cowan, who I think with this one proves how versatile she is as an author. Um, she writes, I mean, she's written her memoir. She's written comedy. She's written, you know, and she's written her memoir in a very comedic way. And she's written, I mean, I mean, her memoir was, was, she wrote about being an alcoholic and, and coming back from the brink there. And she, she managed to, to inject some comedy into that. I'm imagining that there isn't much comedy in this one. And I'm sure that you remember this case. It's very recent. It's still very raw for a lot of people. In September 2018, Colin Rex, former water polo coach at Parktown Boys High, was found guilty of 144 charges of sexual assault and sentenced to 23 years in prison. He had molested and choked a boarding house full of schoolboys into silence and shame, leaving behind a trail of broken lives. His response in court, it had been done to him in the same way at the same school. Now the victims, the parents, and the abuser tell their story. And I think this must be 
an outstanding, although very difficult and dark read, but very necessary, as many of these usually are. And I know that Parktown Boys School has come under the spotlight far too much this year for far too much negativity. And yet again, here they are. And I think this is a story that actually needed to be told. I think from the the point of view of these victims and their families, it could not be silenced. And for Sam Cowan to have done this, and I cannot wait to read this, I just need to see how she has put this together, and I'm sure she's done it in her usual outstanding way, and I'm sure that um, she's done it justice. So this is Brutal School Ties, the Parktown Boys Tragedy, written by Sam Cowan. On to lighter things, I found a couple of kids' books that sounded like such fun. And I know that, um, you know, a lot of people complain about children's books because they say that they, they, they point to a lot of negative aspects of behavior and there's always someone who's looking for the negative and they, they point fingers and they say, Oh, but they are making out that children should behave in this way. And it's really not nice. Kids are kids and kids should be allowed to enjoy reading about funny things And a lot of the time, kids won't even notice what we notice. They don't even pick up on the things that we pick up on. So the things that we make a a big fuss about and the things that we blow out of proportion, children often don't even know what we're talking about. So the first one that I found was something called The Unadoptables by Hannah Took. In all the years that Eleonora Gaspeak has been the matron of the Little Tulip Orphanage. Not once have the very strict rules for baby abandonment been broken. Until the autumn of 1886, when five babies are left in outrageous circumstances. One in a tin toolbox, one in a coal bucket, one in a picnic hamper, one in a wheat sack, and finally one in a coffin-shaped basket. Those babies were Lotta, Egg, Fenna, Sim, and Milu. And although Gaspeak might think they're unadoptable, they know their individuality is what makes them so special and so determined to stay together. Then a most sinister gentleman appears and threatens to tear them apart. The gang decide to make a daring escape fleeing the frozen canals of Amsterdam from an adventure packed with puppets and pirate ships, clockmakers and cruel villains, and with only a scrap of a clue to guide them. But is their real home and their real family already closer than they realize? I think it's just a fun take on what makes you special, what makes you an individual, what makes you unique, and probably just a fun read. And... With, the, with that general theme of good triumphing, triumphing over bad. And I'll tell you about the other one after this break. 
This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. And we're back and chatting about kids' books right now. And I found this one that's just sounded so fun. And I can imagine young kids just roaring with laughter at this one. It's called The World's Worst Parents by David Williams. Millions of young readers have loved the world's worst children tales and reveled in the world's worst teachers with their delightfully dreadful deeds. Now prepare for the world's worst parents. From the phenomenally best-selling David Williams and illustrated in glorious color by the artistic genius Tony Ross. Are you ready to read the world's worst parents ever? Sure, some parents are embarrassing. They're nothing on this lot. These ten tales of the world's most spectacularly silly moms and deliriously daft dads will leave you rocking with laughter. Pinch your nose for Peter Pong, the man with the stinkiest feet in the world. Jump out of the way of Harriet Hurry, the fastest mom on two wheels. Watch out for Monty Monopolize, the dad who takes all his kids' toys. And oh no, it's Supermom. Brandishing a toilet brush, a mop, and a very bad homemade outfit. This one just sounds like so much fun, and I can just imagine parents even enjoying it more than the kids. That's The World's Worst Parents by David Williams. I couldn't discuss best-selling books without mentioning um, Yes to Life in Spite of Everything, which is the, the new book that has just been brought out, and it's by Viktor Frankl. And um, it's a rediscovered masterpiece by Viktor Frankl that they have just discovered. It's been published for the first time in English. And his words resonate today as strongly as they did in 1946. And as you all know, despite the unspeakable horrors in the camp, Frankl learned from his fellow inmates that it's always possible to say yes to life, a profound and timeless lesson for us all. The introduction is by Daniel Goleman, and he says that, um, well, The Guardian actually says, Frankel's is a voice that seems as necessary now as it was in the shadow of the Holocaust. And I think his, his books are becoming, they will always be classics, and I think this one is no different from Man's Search for Meaning. And this is Yes to Life in Spite of Everything, and it's going to be as much of a bestseller as as man's search for meaning is. And I think it's going to be very much spoken about. So um, keep a lookout for that one. And I need to wrap up, but I just want to mention a couple of recipe books. Um, Sarah Graham is a very popular local chef, and she writes all, all natural recipes, and she she's trying to get people to move over to more plant-based and, and natural eating. Her book, Supernatural, um, pivots around an abundance of vegetables, natural whole foods, um, and she celebrates seasonal produce, good fats, whole grains, pulses, and legumes. And um, she, she tries to work almost without any refined carb, carbohydrates and sugars. And her recipes use use ingredients that are easily accessible, budget-friendly, and delicious. 
So this is Supernatural by Sarah Graham. And I, I cannot talk about recipe books without mentioning one of my favorite, favorite local local chefs. She's actually won international awards for, for her latest recipe book, which is um, Simply Delicious. And it's Zola Nene. I love her, her books. They're Simply Delicious and Simply Zola, which is um, her second book. And she writes her recipes are fabulous. Also, easily accessible, just great comfort food, and she's just amazing. So look out for those books. She's on the cover of both of them. You can't miss her. She's just got this warm, welcoming smile. She's amazing. I hope you found something that you can go out and look for or that you can stay in and look for online. I'd love to hear from you. Booksachai.co.za or look me up on Facebook, People of the Book, 101.9, Chai FM. Stay warm, stay safe until I chat to you again next week.